I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're a part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? What's up, dude? Uh, so the Thunder played Sunday, and it feels like they should have already played another game by now. Uh, yeah. It's like a normal NBA schedule, but we have to wait until Thursday for them to play, so... We don't have anything new to break down, but I want to get Alex's perspective on everything that's happened so far. Uh, it's been bad, but Alex, what is what are, what are some of your thoughts from these first three games? Well, talking about actually the gap in the games, I was just looking at their schedule, and it's it's going to continue. Like I was looking, they're they're going to play tomorrow, and then they don't play till Sunday, yeah, and then they don't play till Tuesday. So at the very least, if you're trying to be positive, and why not? Let's try to be positive. <laughs> they're they're going to have a lot of time in between games. And these are all home games. So you know, you assume that they're practicing. They're kind of getting in some of the preseason work that they couldn't get with Russ. Yeah. So that's, you know, maybe. Maybe something turns around there. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, tweeted, yeah, but- I, I tweeted this out. This is interesting. The, the Kings have the highest effective field goal percentage in the NBA, even after losing last night at 58.2. Mm-hmm. The Thunder are the lowest in the league. Big surprise at 43.4. Oh, dude, I was looking at their uh, true shooting percentage. The uh, Thunder are last in the league at 47.3%. So I was looking back <laughs> through NBA recent NBA history, seeing if a team had ever been that bad, if they've ever shot that worse. The worst I could find was the 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats who won a total of seven games, and they actually shot better than the Thunder are currently shooting. So that just gives you an idea of the extent to how bad the Thunder shooting woes are right now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What was the year for the Bobcats? Uh, 2011-2012. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it's abysmal. And so for me, you know, looking at this team, obviously the defense is an issue, especially in the last game with Sacramento, but we've already seen this team play decent defense. So we at least know it's theoretically possible. We saw it against Golden State. So for me, it's all about just this historically bad start of the shooting. I mean, they are last in offensive efficiency, so the worst offense in the league right now. Uh, interestingly, the second worst team is the Boston Celtics, who they'll be playing on Thursday. Right. So that, that should be a beautiful game. Um, <laughs> so it's it's all about the shooting for me. And and you, it's so bad that it has to rebound. Um, it doesn't mean that this team's going to be a great shooting team. You know, I think a lot of people worried about that when we t- start talking about roster construction. But it's not this bad. No. And even even if it just bumps up a little bit, I think they're going to look like a much different team because as we've been saying again and again and again, they're generating open looks. <laughs> <laughs> they are. The looks are real, Andrew. I know. I, wa- I watched it and I, tweet- I tweeted like, I-, I cannot believe the amount of open shots they're missing. 
And then I got right. like a ton of responses like, well, they just have nobody that can shoot it. You big idiot. And that's then I was like, all right, whatever. So like to me, here's like the, the three point attempt shooting totals. And you tell me if this should be better. You have Paul George. That's 10 for 32. That's 31%. Should that be better? Yes. Dennis Schroeder, four for 14, 28%. Should that be better? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's a maybe. <laughs> Alex Sabrinas, the exact same, four for 14, 28%. Yes, that will be better. Patrick Patterson, three for 12, 25%. That will be better. There's three. Terrence Ferguson, one for 11 at 9%. Uh, that might be worse. That might get uh, worse, actually. <laughs> we can talk about him in a second. Uh, Jeremy Grant, one for 10, 10%. Oh man, I I hope that gets better. But it's, I'm also like low key worried about Jeremy. He should be three for ten or two. He even, should be even two for ten. Yeah, give us two for ten. Come on, We're being uh, conservative. <laughs> Russell Westbrook one for six. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just like a, a game for us. Yeah, one game, but he will be better than that on average. On average. Every single guy that I just mentioned will be better. And we're not like there are some bad shooters in there. Jamie Grant, not a great shooter. Terrence Ferguson just may not be a good player. Everybody else, though, is going to shoot better. They will just because of the law of averages. Right now, the Thunder, not just a few guys, every guy is at the bottom of the barrel of where they should be. And so this is not just an issue of bad shooters. This is an issue of even the good shooters shooting poorly. Like this is this is going to get better. I mean, and talk, Paul, Paul yeah, George. Uh, Paul George at the highest, at thirty one percent for guys that have taken more than ten is that's inexcusable. I'd like to thank the Mule for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go down to the Mule, Sixteenth and Blackwelder near downtown OKC. It's a grilled cheese restaurant, and they have a great bar as well. Right now, their special is the spaghetti Munster Sandy. Sourdough bread, tomato pesto, basil pesto, Swiss and Munster cheeses, spaghetti with marinara, and sausage. It's delicious because everything that they do there is absolutely delicious. It's fresh. And also, they're just wildly creative with their combinations. And something that I always try, no matter what, is their seasonal side. Right now, it is fresh cantaloupe and veggie salad. And it looks unbelievable. You can check them out on Instagram. Follow them at the Mule OKC, and you can see exactly what I'm talking about with this salad. All their stuff is fresh. Everything that they do is good at the Mule. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the Mule. And talking about re- regressing to the mean, this also means that they're going to have some like really good shooting nights. They're coming. Yes. I promise they're coming. Like Jeremy Grant, even if he's a 25% three point shooter, that means he's going to have some really good shooting nights to bring his average up from 10%. So they're, they're coming. They're going to have some nights where they're just hitting. And I think on average, we are seeing some of the worst shooting nights we're going to see all year. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the, that's what I'm holding on to, Andrew. <laughs> Every night when I go to bed and I think about the Thunder season. I'm well, just I'm just telling myself this is the worst it's going to be. It sh- How could it, it get worse than this? It could. It should not <laughs> it should not be worse <laughs> than this. Uh, and Michele talked about this like their shot charts. It's not only that they're getting open shots and that they're taking good shots is that it's threes and in the paint, 
which is like what you would really want from your BA team today. If you're a smart NBA fan, that's what you should want from your team. And that's what the Thunder are doing. And it's just not working. And it's not, I mean, the, I think the easy take is to say that the Thunder don't have good shooting and that this is all Sam Presti's fault. And so, there's, there's, a, there's some of that there, but it's not the, that's not the story. The story is that they are off to a, a historically bad start. Uh, shooting the basketball and that's i gotta say andrew i i always think of you as mr optimism you know you're the person i come to when i'm feeling down about the thunder then i tune in to you and mikey on monday (laughs) i've I've never heard you in such a state i was so mad (laughs) talking about billy donovan getting fired already you're in rare form uh, I didn't. I didn't disagree with you. In fact, if like I had been on the Monday show, I I would have been coming in with those takes because I was so <laughs> fired up after those games. So I was just surprised to hear it from you. Yeah, I just, I just if they keep playing poorly against bad teams, to me it's a Billy problem. Yeah, and you have this window, and you just you have you have the team now. You have the roster. Everybody's under contract. You just can't screw screw around the next three years and just hope that Billy turns this around, uh, because we see teams that have changed coaches, like the Toronto Raptors changed coaches. They're they're doing just fine with their new coach, you know, with Nick Nurse, a guy that like a lot of people are like, who? Uh, you can find somebody, you can go find somebody, and you know, I think we just keep holding on to the 2016 playoffs for the Thunder. But since then, like, what has Billy done that you've been super excited about or that you're like, man, he's such a good coach. I don't know that he's done really one thing, to be honest. And yeah. so I, I don't know. And I, he hasn't really defined himself as a coach, except for maybe he's just like a player's coach. And he gives long answers. He, he talks a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that he needs to be fired today. What I am saying is that if we get 20 or 30 games in, it should be considered like it's and it's still like this. I mean, it's not going to be like this, but if they continue to play poorly against bad teams, show up against the good ones, like I think that we can find the problem. Yeah, because it wasn't all it's you can you can maybe try to blame it on Russell, but Russell didn't you know, he we have evidence in the Kevin Durant years that like he shows up all the time. And so to me, it's not a Russell issue. I think that we could be dealing with a Billy issue. It's just something I think we should consider. I'm not saying that it is that I'm just saying it's something that needs to be considered. Yeah, no, I, I think, and, and you know, looking ahead at their schedule, you know, losing at home to Boston would not be the biggest shocker in the world. Right. And then you have that game coming up on Sunday against the Suns, and right. the Suns, while improved, are another one of those teams that you should be, especially when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a team. Didn't, didn't we lose to them last year? Wasn't there a bad loss at Phoenix? I remember. Yeah. Almost, almost certainly they lost to Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. And so it's just another one of those games coming up and that's, that's a game you just have to win. And it's like the season's not over if they start out. zero and five, but man, that, that game against the Suns really feels like a must win right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, especially if they lose on Thursday, which wouldn't be the biggest shocker in the world, even though Boston's not off to a great start. 
no. Boston's still good. They have the hot, they have the best defensive rating in the league right now. Yeah. They're also playing at a slower pace. I'm just really interested to see how it unfolds because they are both off to a really weird start. And at some point, one of those teams is going to catch fire and it could be Boston Thursday. I mean, frankly, with the way that the Thunder are playing defense, um, but they may look like they did against Golden State. And then if you add Russell to that team, they're like, okay, like we're, you're good to go. Uh, I don't know. I just don't even know what to expect from this team. I'm just genuinely curious, almost like morbidly curious, like what is going to happen with this team? Um, anyways, any other takes? What do you what do you think about Terrence Ferguson? What should they do? I think that's like the only other thing we haven't talked about. And then we'll move on to our to our segments. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've never felt so extreme that, you know, wanted to say like, he's a bust or like we need to shut it down or whatever. You know, my point has always been that yes, he's young. He could get better. He probably, he's definitely going to get better in some ways. Um, but the gap between him and the other options available on the roster really isn't that different. I think that we previously held Ferguson in a higher standard in our minds because he played last year, because he started. But the reality is that those minutes weren't that great. Um, And so coming into this season, we have a lot more options. You know, it's not just him and Josh Eustace and Corey Brewer. Like we we have other options we could try. And the gap between those guys really isn't that big, even if we maybe thought that in the preseason. And a lot of that is probably just based on how Billy feels about Ferguson or what we've heard about Billy feeling about Ferguson. Um, So I, I just think he should be more willing just to, mix it up a little bit. You know, Ferguson is not an entrenched starter. He's done nothing to prove he should be an entrenched starter. Mm -hmm. And so I think Billy should just feel a little more freedom to just switch it up a little bit. And so, and and who knows if he'll do that. I mean, over the Thunder's history in Oklahoma City, the starting lineup has been like this sacred thing. And (laughs) it has always taken so long to like make a major change in the starting lineup. And so who knows if that'll even happen. Yeah, except for last year. Last year, he changed a lot, actually, at that spot, the shooting guard spot. After Robertson went down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there were still, like, a good amount of games with Ferguson where we were saying, like, man, the starting lineup has a really bad net rating. Why are we doing this? I think it was was 12 games, yeah. Yeah, so who knows? What do you... I mean, do you think that he could make a change as soon as, like, Sunday if they lose to the Celtics? Uh, I don't. I, I just don't believe. I, I don't know that he will. I think he should. I think he should change it Thursday. I mean, honestly, yeah. I think. I just there's nothing wrong with playing Ferguson in a small role. Uh, I just think that he's shown that, and a lot of people are like afraid of crushing Ferguson. I'm just like, what? Like, come on! Like he's already been crushed. You know, they're they're just afraid. People say like they're afraid they're going to quote unquote lose him. I. I'm just of the mind that like you could really lose him if he goes oh for four from the three point line and you know is terrible again against Boston. Like then you might really lose him. But if you play yeah. if you play him in a small role, he comes in off the bench, kind of energizes the team a little bit, hits you know, goes one or one of two from three in like eight minutes, like then I feel like you have something to build on. You know? He's not I don't think he's gonna come in and score twenty points thursday night you know i don't i just don't think that will happen and i mean that dude was 
crushed. I talk about that Monday, but he was absolutely like destroyed after the game. But anyways, I think they should start a Brinus. That's what I think. He didn't practice. Brinus didn't practice yesterday. They said he has like an eye issue now. Like he has like mouth contusion, eye soreness. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very weird, but hope, we don't know if he'll practice today or not, but um, that's who I think they should start. But who who would you start if you were the Thunder? Yeah, I think Abrinus makes the most sense right now because he does have the experience with the team. Um, he's very familiar with the system. He's a good shooter, so he fills that role. He's not going to be a great defender, but I don't know. You can't you can't do everything. Like they don't have a do everything player unless Diallo really is a good shooter, which maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just wish in the preseason, Billy had taken more of an approach where like, it's going to be an open competition for the shooting guard. I'm going to try out a lot of different things just to like preempt all those guys. Cause now I feel like if he makes this move and if he takes Ferguson out of the lineup, it's going to be like this big deal and like this big news story. Right. Whereas it could have just been this thing where like, yeah, we're going to try out Alex now for a few games and see how it goes. But the impression he gave, and I'm sure it was to try to build up Ferguson's confidence, was like, this is the guy we're going to start at shooting guard. And it always seemed like it was going to be Ferguson. And uh, and I just don't know if that was the best approach because he's not that much better than any of the other options. No. In fact, he seems to be worse. Yes, well, that is what we are learning. <laughs> he seems to be the worst option of these three. And we haven't seen TLC play at all. And that makes me feel like he's really been terrible. We haven't seen <laughs> we haven't seen Abdul Nader play yet. Uh, he's had injury issues. So like, I don't know where Terrence is versus those guys. But like TLC played for the Sixers last year, started and played well. I mean, I don't know. I really I really don't. I'm I'm just kind of baffled at this spot. Uh but I think Diallo has earned, you know, at least that like twenty minute a night spot uh with the way that he's played. Abrinas needs to keep up that similar type of minutes. Like they need to split minutes and then you can give Terrence Ferguson the leftovers. Um because I just I, I don't think this team they just can't handle someone being so weak at the starting spot. You just can't. I just don't think that this Thunder team can handle that right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, let's get into our five things. What what are we calling this? Five things that... These are... We're saying that they're week one overreactions. Okay, yes. But uh, are they are things that maybe we a little bit thought in the preseason or maybe we didn't think at all but now after seeing two or three games we were like oh i believe this now <laughs> and we feel very confident about them I, I don't even consider these hot takes because i i really do believe these things okay um even after only seeing a few games okay give give me your first one all right so my first one the first one is i think trey young's gonna win the rookie of the year Okay, And that's not, you know, that's not a huge hot take or anything, but it's something that I think his early summer league performance kind of threw me off the scent and I got, I started getting nervous. I guess I I feel like I was getting too excited about him. You know, am I just being an OU homer? And then I blame snotty dripping as well. You know, he wasn't high on Trey and so he he made me start second guessing myself. (laughs) But after just a few games, I really think he could have the type of rookie year where the counting stats are just so overwhelming sort of like MCW's year. 
and I think Trey is better than MCW, but it's the same idea where this rookie guard comes in and he basically gets free reign over an offense and just racks up stats. Mm -hmm. And so even if his shooting percentages aren't great um, at the end of the year, I think his counting stats could just be so overwhelming compared to guys like Doncic and Aiton that he's going to win the rookie of the year. So that's, that's my three game first, you know, overreaction. Trey's awesome. And not only as a shooter, but as a passer, he's maybe even better. Like he's so good. And when John Collins gets back from injury, I think that you'll see an even better version of Trey because Collins is probably the second best player on that team. So I don't disagree. I think he has a real chance to win it. Uh, Aiton is a monster as well. Um, So it's, it's kind of a fun rookie class. I think that you kind of set yourself up to not be as high as the rookie class was last year, but this is a good one. Uh, my first one is Adam Silver is soft and is allowing the NBA to get out of control. (laughs) So we had this fight in LA and everybody knows about Spitgate. Reginald Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face. And then he did like this weird, like pointing nudge on Reginald Rondo's face and Rondo clocks him. And then, Brandon Ingram, who was already a little out of control, just runs in there, just like go-go gadget, punching people. The suspension numbers are extremely soft. Four games for Brandon Ingram, three for Rondo, for spitting in someone's face and then punching him in the face. Oh, it was just a little spittle, and it was just a little tap. (laughs) Chris Paul, two games. I mean, come on. Like, that... Like there should probably be double digit game, like spitting in someone's face like that. Not only is punching someone assault, but spitting in someone's face is considered <laughs> assault too. Like he's like double assaulting Chris Paul and you give him three games. Wow. Andrew, I, I totally disagree with you. I thought that was a really quality NBA fight. I know that there should, that we don't want violence. We don't want to advocate violence. And there's a thin line between the fight we saw on uh, against those two teams and like you know malice at the palace but that that was just a that was just a classic one you know that's just a good fight i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i liked that i like that there's minimum suspensions yeah it's ridiculous those numbers are are you should be embarrassed those are you think those are you think rondo should have gotten the most like you think when you say double digits yeah, I think that there sh- they should have been a 10-game suspension for one of those guys, for Ingram or Rondo. Probably for Rondo. Mm. Mm. Even two games for Chris Paul is weak. That's weak sauce. I think there should be a 10-day Twitter suspension for Daryl Morey <laughs> for t- <laughs> tweeting out that lame meme yesterday. Well, well, well I didn't see it. Oh, he, he tweeted out, because you know uh, Rondo came out yesterday and was like, you know, Chris Paul isn't this nice guy. He's actually a really bad teammate. Yeah. Funny thing. Yeah. And, uh, and Daryl Morey tweeted out a picture of a, a black pot and a black kettle implying that, uh, you know, pot, whatever the saying is, pot calling the kettle black, you know, yeah. basically saying like, how can you say CP3 is a bad teammate? Look at yourself. You have this history of being a bad teammate, but it's just, uh, I, I don't like Daryl Morey. <laughs> He's <laughs> the worst. He, yeah. I, I, just, I just think it's so embarrassing. Like, can you imagine Sam Presti ever tweeting out like a meme? I thought this when uh, the MVP, remember he tweeted out like the Drake yes. mock-up that said more wins. Just like, oh my gosh, like just do your job, man. 
Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's a weird I'm not a fan. It's a weird stance. Also just like the the changes that were made that were under Adam Silver's tenure with the the rules with the fouling rule. Like it's yeah. it's it's not a good thing for the NBA. And I think it the, the reason Sam Vecini brought this up on his podcast, the reason that it will change is because games are taking like three hours plus to finish in regulation. And it just can't, they can't continue to do that. Like you want to make the game. I think the intention was to make the game faster, but now like the game is so much slower. Like last season, uh, the highest amount of fouls for a team was 23.2. That was the Grizzlies per game. The highest this season so far is 28.3 and half of the NBA is that is higher than the 23.2 from last year. Yeah. And so there's just way too many fouls and games are just taking way too much time. But okay, I'm done with my take. You can go to your next. Okay. Um, hey, shout out Sam Vecini. I really like his podcast. Very good. Um, I just heard, do you know that Dave DeFore guy? Yeah. I really like him. That was my first time hearing him. Yeah, he's good. I liked him. Um, okay, my next week one overreaction, Philadelphia. <laughs> I was going to say Philly, and then halfway to, in between, I decided to say Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia will not host a playoff series. Now, here's here's my case. This is something that I almost tweeted out on opening night. It was going to be like my hot take that Philly was not even going to be the fourth seed. They're going to be the fifth seed. But I, I chickened out. <laughs> and now I feel I feel more emboldened now. So I, I do think that the end of their season last year really skewed the perception of that team. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's really going to mess with them this year. So in their final 27 games last year, Philly only played nine playoff teams and they were four and five against those teams. The other 18 games were against non-playoff teams and they went 18 and 0. And so that leads to this team being the three seed. They win 52 games. Everyone's like, oh, this team is on the rise. Meanwhile, they lose Ilyasova and Bellinelli, which I do think those losses have probably been a little overblown because I think that Philly was going to win a ton of games at the end of last year, regardless of whether Ilyasova and Bellinelli were there just because of their schedule. Mm -hmm. But now I look at their rotation. And so we've got the false experiment going on right now, which is not exactly off to a great start it's getting in fact it's getting even weirder because like last night he actually did play well he had six of nine shots but then they only play him 21 minutes and then some nights you know when he's out there with ben simmons ben simmons was out last night but when he's out there with ben simmons you worry about do they does this team have enough shooting i mean he's replacing jj reddick a great shooter mm-hmm. and then there's just there's a lot of landry Shamet going on <laughs> which i was i was not prepared for he, he is in the rotation he's averaging over 20 minutes per games as a rookie seems like a red flag to me because he's not exactly a guy that draft experts were talking about in the way that like oh he's going to come right into the league and be a rotation player mm-hmm And then I look at the East where there's teams like the Hornets and the Pistons and Brooklyn who look better than they were last year. It looks like there's going to be less of those terrible teams that Philly faced at the end of last season when they went on their huge run. So as good as they were last year, they were only four wins out of the fifth seed. They were only four wins up on the Pacers. And I'm just a little worried about this team. And I think this season is going to be a step back and not a significant one. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're good. But I'm now feeling more confident that they're going to be worse than last year. And I actually think they're going to be the first team to make like a major move. They got a new GM. I think they're going to be the first team to make a move to bring in like a rotation player. Elton. Yeah. Doing his job. Yeah. That that team. uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> that team, the, the pieces around their superstars don't make a ton of sense. And also like the fit of their superstars together is kind of tough too. Right. With a big guy with Ben Simmons. And I, I love both those players, but they, they do need shooting all around them and faults. It's a, it's just such a weird circumstance. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what his career looks like going forward. Like I would be, I'd be shocked if he's like better than just like an average NBA player, you know, going forward. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, it's just so weird. Uh, my next take is because defense doesn't matter anymore. The Denver Nuggets are a top four team in the NBA period. Mm. Oh, period, period. I thought you were about to say West, but period. Uh, they have the highest net rating in the NBA right now at 129 they're actually second in defensive rating right now. Yeah, defense doesn't matter. They're second. 97.3. Very sustainable. Uh, offensive rating, 110.2. Uh, Jokic is just doing whatever he wants. Uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris have played really well. They even lost Will Barton. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Here, Toy Craig. They've been really good. I really like that you, Nuggets team. Uh, they're, they're, I don't believe this, actually. They're going to fall off, but they've been awesome to start the season. And they're going to so be good. That, yeah. I, so I have one actually similar to that. And I was deciding between the Nuggets and this other team. But one of my overreactions that I do believe is that the Pelicans are a locked in playoff team. And yeah. again, that's not like a hot take. But preseason, I had this team lumped in, you know, with Nuggets, Blazers, Wolves, kind of like that group, mm-hmm. Spurs, those kind of teams of the world where it could go either way this year. Like they could be a really good playoff team or they could be just outside of the playoffs and it wouldn't shock me. And obviously Anthony Davis has been great, but the combo of Miritich and Julius Randle in this rotation is just taking them to another level. Mm -hmm. And I can remember for years and years, smart NBA people making the case that Davis was ultimately going to be a center and he needed to be played there. Meanwhile, the Pelicans are signing Alexis Ajinsa. They're signing Omer Ashik to these long deals. They're trading for Boogie. And now finally, we have these quality Davis at center minutes, and it's amazing what it does for this offense. I mean, Miritich looks like a totally different player. He actually looks like the player that was with the Pelicans last year. Um, and guys are hitting shots, which is not going to last forever. They're number one in true shooting percentage. are like over 60%. Um, but Miritich, like he's been this incredibly streaky shooter throughout his career. So I, I know that's going to fall off, but I just like this team. And at this point, my only concerns are health, which – you know, that's a concern for every team. So I, I don't take that too seriously. I just really think that the Pelicans are good. And what's interesting to me is looking back at that Pelicans Blazers playoff series, I feel like the general reaction to that was all about the Blazers. Like, mm-hmm. wow, this is crazy for the Blazers. Like, this is going to rock this team to the core. And now they're a 42 win team. Like, look at their over under. Like, this is the team that's going to fall off. Meanwhile, the Blazers look fine. Like, they look like the Blazers again. And maybe what I should have been taking away from that playoff series is that, like, actually, the Pelicans are going to be really good. Like, this yeah. new version of them is legitimately good. I mean, they could be a top four seed. Yeah, I don't disagree. They're, Miritich is going to cool off. Have you seen what his numbers are? Uh, yeah, he's on my fantasy team. 28 points per game, 10 rebounds, yeah. almost two assists. He's shooting 47% from three on 7.7 attempts. Yeah, what's your point? That all sounds yeah. legit. That's that's crazy. Also, like Julius Randle, eighteen points, nine boards. <laughs> I mean, like these numbers are crazy. And then like Alfred Payton, thirteen points, seven assists, seven rebounds. 
Like he's been awesome on 54% from the field. The only thing that's like makes you believe that this team can be this good is that Drew Holiday has had a really bad start. He's only 11, yeah, 11 points per game, nine assists, five boards, but he's shooting 31% from the field. Um, and I don't think he's made a three this season. And so like, yeah, he's over 11 on the season from three. Drew Holiday is like, he's going to be better. And so as like Miritich, like comes back down to earth and Julius Randall and Alfred Payton, like Drew Holiday is going to be better than this. Uh, and so you, I, you just have to believe that they can maintain on some level, not this production, but they're going to be a good team because Drew Holiday is their second best player and he's going to elevate his game. Uh, and like, yeah, I think that team is, is really good and they're well coached. Um, they're going to play a high pace, which like everything that you would want in an NBA team, I think the Pelicans have for this current NBA. Um, and you know, you have to question a little bit whether the Thunder have that, but certainly the Pelicans do. Yeah. Okay. My next take is Blake is back. (laughs) Everybody's so down on Blake Griffin. Like everyone just like thought he's terrible. Like his contract is so bad. You don't even want him on your team. You just want to give him away, man. What a great trade. The Clippers had, they just got some guys back and it's still probably a good trade, but Blake has been incredible uh, so far this season, 36 points, 5.7 assists, 11 rebounds, shooting 61% from three on six attempts per game, 53% from the field. Uh, he's been out of this world. He scored 50 points last night in a win against the Philadelphia 76ers. He's been really good in three games. And so that's, it's been impressive. Also, Reggie Jackson has actually been really good for them too. Uh, I'm muting you. I'm muting you. I'm muting you. I know. I don't, I didn't, I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. I'm going to take that out of this, out of the show. Uh, But he's been really good. Blake has been incredible and he still is a star in this league as long as he can stay healthy, which is obviously a massive question. Um, But still like a lot of people just wrote Blake Griffin off as he goes to Detroit, like, ah, you know, whatever, like he's just going to waste away until his career's over in Detroit. And, but he's still a really, really good NBA player. Uh, and this Detroit team could be decent. Like, I don't think they're going to, you know, be a top three seed in the East or anything, but you know, they could be a solid playoff team and give somebody some trouble in the first round. Yeah. That, that game last night felt important to them because, this is a franchise who, you know, post the Chauncey teams has really just been like floating in mediocrity Yeah, and they moved into this new arena and they're not getting the same number of fans coming to the games. And last night just really felt like an important win for that franchise. Mm -hmm. Like we have a star on our team. He's scoring 50 points against a very good Eastern rival. And so, yeah, I was, I was happy for their fans. That was a great win. Yeah. And what they have is tons of guys with chips on their shoulder. Like you have Dwayne Casey, who was kind of thrown aside for this great Raptors team. You know, like he, I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder. Blake probably feels the same way. Reggie probably feels the same way now after if he reads Twitter and reads articles, like people are not high on him. Uh, so they have a ton of guys that have chips on their shoulders and are ready to prove something. And so they may have something just in that and just the, the general attitude of the team, uh, so it's, it's, they're an interesting, interesting team because of that. 
Okay, my next one, my next week one overreaction, something I would not have said in the preseason, but I feel confident about now. The Cavs are the worst team in the league. Oh, Something that I wasn't ready to say. I'm ready to say it, Andrew. Yeah, they're bad. Here, here's my reasoning. First of all, as we did talk about previously, they lack the incentive to be good. They have this top yeah. 10 protected first round pick, but also like they lack the young talent who might actually give more effort. They lack the defensive talent that might keep them in games. I mean, they already got blown out by Atlanta, who I thought was going to be the worst team in the league. They got blown out by Atlanta at home. Yeah. This team with a bunch of young guys. I'm worried about the Cavs. They're 0-3. They're one of the four teams in the league with the Thunder uh, who have not won a game yet. And I, I think this team could nosedive quick. And if it nosedives quick, then they start trading off some of these pieces. You know, they might start trading off like a Kevin Love, see if they can get anything for, you know, Kyle Korver or some of these other guys. And then at that point, then they are just officially tanking. But I think that's where this is headed. And so I'm going to say the Cavs are the worst team in the league. They're pretty bad. Their roster, like when you look at it, you're like, yeah, like, like there's some guys there. Um, but the Kevin, Love, the Kevin Love extension looks even weirder now. Uh, yeah, it does. George Hill obviously did not play well with the Kings last year. <laughs> He's on track to be that same player tristan thompson without lebron is is nothing i'm sure that jr smith is just partying every night because he's making like 15 million a year yeah it's not it's not a uh they very well could be the worst because then you get to the end of their bench and you're like i don't even know who these guys are Um, yeah and so jordan clarkson like proved to be a really terrible player uh if you're the thunder what would you give up to get kyle korver um, hmm. that's he's got, tough. He's got two years left. He's, he's yeah. older. I mean, he's, he's like 34, 35, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, even though like none of these young guys have proved anything, it's hard to see giving up one of them for Kyle Corver, but I'm assuming that's what you would have to do to get him. Yeah. He's making seven. So you're going to have, it's hard to get the money there. That's where you kind of yeah. like still have the Kyle Singler deal. <laughs> just because you can make the money work like, andrew you, wants to bring back singler <laughs> just this the five million just like give me the five million for trades uh because it's tough because like, you have to trade like a patrick patterson probably yeah and i don't think you'd really want to do that like you could do patterson and tlc yeah yeah i i, I don't think i do that yeah i don't think i would either um okay next one Zach Levine will win most improved player. Okay. Now he's playing out of his mind right now. His three games, he shot 11 for 15, 12 for 21, 11 for 19. He's averaging 32 points per game. That's not going to keep up, but he has reached another level offensively. And I think he has a chance to enter the, does his defense really matter at this point zone, which is where guys like Damian Lillard reside. These guys who are so good offensively that their defensive shortcomings are ultimately afterthoughts. Like we still know that they're bad defenders, but we still think of them as really good players overall. Mm-hmm. And if Zach Levine keeps this up and again, he's probably, he's not never going to shoot this well over the course of an entire season. Like he can become one of those players. And then all of a sudden, all of us making jokes about this super max extension that he got, um, you know, we start looking a lot dumber. So yeah, I think Zach Levine's going to win most improved player this year. 70% effective field goal percentage. That's pretty good. 70, pretty good. 71% <laughs> from two. 
Oh, that's pretty good. 45% from three. <laughs> Solid. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, he's been awesome. Like, how bad does that Jimmy Butler trade look right now? Like, don't you feel like <laughs> they should have traded? Everybody's saying now, like, they should have traded Andrew Wiggins instead of Zach Levine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. I, didn't, I haven't even thought about it that way. But. Isn't that weird to think about? I mean, yeah. Andrew Wiggins has been, I, I need to look at his stats for this season, but he's a, he's your, I can't remember who said this. Somebody, oh, it was the starter saying that, like, is he, now we're at the point where we're saying, is he Rudy Gay or Jeff Green? This is what the starters were saying yesterday. That does feel like it's where we're headed. And, yeah. and that's crazy. That would have seemed like such an overpay if yeah. they had given up Wiggins, who's like this big young talent. Because, you know, they ended up giving up a guy who had torn his ACL. They gave up Chris Dunn, who had been terrible in Minnesota. And then they gave up the number seven pick. Um, and they got back a first round pick yeah. from the Bulls. And so I think that's why we all thought like it looks so good from Minnesota's perspective. Not only do you get Jimmy Butler, but you also get this first round pick. And yeah, the tables have turned, Andrew. Yeah. And they wasted it on Justin Patton. Yeah. That's a weird, that was a weird deal for them. Uh, okay, my last take. <clears throat> the Raptors not only will get to the finals, but they'll beat the Warriors in the finals. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Actually, I don't believe it. But Come on. <laughs> this Raptors team is good. They're really they good. Uh, they're a monster on the defensive end, and they can really score the basketball. Um, I think they'll be the number one seed in the East, though. Like, I think that they're that good. Yeah, they're already clicking in a way that the Celtics aren't. And so they're going to start racking up a lot of wins in the East. Yeah. Now, Kyle Lowry's been on fire. 57% from three for Kyle Lowry on 6.5 attempts per game. Danny Green has shown a resurgence. Like he looks like the Danny Green from a few years ago. And we heard that he had that hip injury that they didn't ever take care of, that he got taken care of in the offseason. And he's back up to 42% from three. Yeah, he's he's really good. And then you have guys like Ibaka and Van Vliet who are shooting awful from three. Like that's going to average out. Like these numbers are going to average out, and they can kind of keep up this pace. Uh, they they're just a really really good NBA team, uh, and they've got just the ex- almost the exact right mix of players that can shoot it and can defend, and they're athletic, and they've got veterans. Like they, I just really like this team, and I think Nick Nurse has them playing in the right way. So I, I, I like them and I, if they continue to play like this and they are the top team in the East and they get to the you know, NBA finals, which I think is definitely possible, then you have a really good chance to keep Kawhi because I don't know what other West team can promise him that he's going to get back to the finals. Right. And if, if Katie does leave the Warriors and this Raptors team can develop continuity heading into next season, like it wouldn't be crazy to pick them to win an NBA championship. Um, yeah, that's true. Which is a crazy, yeah, a which is a crazy thought, but, um, okay. You ready to move on? Yes. Let's move on. Okay. So this will, this is a new segment and I'm crediting at Benelephant King for giving me the idea for the title. It's just a way for us to go through some of the early season trends, and Andrew's going to tell me whether he believes them or not. This is chicken salad or chicken something else. Alex, before we get to chicken salad or chicken something else, I want to tell you something that is definitively chicken salad, and that is Day Creative. You can find them at Day Creative. 
Net. And they are a Norman-based, full-service web design agency that wants to see your business thrive. Their end-to-end solutions will build your online identity and expand your brand to audiences you haven't even considered. Say goodbye to the cookie-cutter templates and leave the heavy lifting to Day Creative. That's daycreative.net. Ask for Matt. He's awesome. Please visit daycreative.net and support the people that support Down to Dunk. So I'm going to present Andrew with an early season trend. He's going to tell me whether it is chicken salad, believable, sustainable, or chicken something else, not sustainable, will end soon. So are you ready, Andrew? I'm so ready. Okay. So I'm going to give you some current top 10 offenses. You're going to tell me if that is chicken salad, they're going to be a top 10 offense or chicken something else. First team, New Orleans Pelicans. That's chicken salad, baby. I would probably agree with you. They are currently number one offense in the league at 122.2, which is crazy. Yep. Okay. What about the Dallas Mavericks? Mm, that's chicken something else. Okay. See, I, I might go chicken salad on that. I think they're going to be terrible defensively, but I, I like what I'm seeing from Doncic. I think they might have a pretty decent offense. They're currently third in the league right now. Yeah. The, I just think that there's teams that are going to rise up. I don't think they're going to be a bad offense. I just right, think that right, other right. teams that are playing so terribly, like the Thunder were a top 10 offense last year, and they're not yeah. going to be the worst offense in the NBA. I think the Thunder should be up in the top 10 range eventually. And so that's like someone has to go. And so I just, okay. think, I think that will happen with the Celtics, with Thunder. I think eventually they will take the place of the Mavs. So next, the Detroit Pistons, currently the seventh ranked offense in the league. That <clears throat> That's without a doubt chicken something else. Like they, just, and I, they can't keep up this pace. Yeah, I think I know your answer to this one. And uh, shout out to us for helping them get there. The Sacramento Kings, the eighth <laughs> best offense in the league. <laughs> Can you believe that? This, that's just the most chicken something else ever. This is ridiculous. Okay, next grouping. These teams will host a playoff series. Okay. Okay. Chicken salad or chicken something else. First, Denver. I think I know your answer there. I think that's chicken salad, man. I think they can okay. get there. I think okay. they can be at least the four seed. So they are four and zero oh right now, number one in the West. Next, New Orleans Pelicans. Oh goodness, man! I don't know. Got to choose a meal, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say it's chicken something else. Okay, okay, and then last one, Detroit Pistons. Could they do it? They're three and zero right now. Uh, that's chicken something else for sure. Oh, <laughs> so you, you talk up Blake Griffin, and now you just hate on him over and over again. <laughs> I said they could okay. make some. They could make some noise. They could make noise. They could <laughs> go six games with somebody. Well, apparently they're not going to be that loud, Andrew. No. Um, okay. Next grouping. These will be all stars. Okay. These guys are going to be all stars this year. Okay. First, Blake Griffin. Oh, that is chicken salad, baby. Okay, okay. You're buying your back in. You're back in. Uh, next, Nikola Jokic. Oh, that's 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 chicken salad as well. Okay, 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 okay. A little tougher ones. What about the aforementioned Zach Levine? Oh, man, the Eastern Conference is so bad. I'm going to say it's chicken salad. I think he can do it. Okay, now a guy he might be going up against for one of those spots, Chris Middleton, currently shooting, five, making five threes a game, 24-7-3, from three. What do you think about him? Chicken something else, man. Oh, man, he's on my fantasy team. Give him a little love. 
Okay, last grouping. These are Thunder-specific okay. trends. Oh, boy. Chicken salad, chicken something else. Hamadou Diallo will average 20 minutes per game by the end of the season. Uh, I think that's chicken something else. No! I think it'll be no. double digits, but I don't think it'll be 20. Okay. I hope it is. All right. Because if, be- he, if he can keep up this kind of play, like he needs to play 20 minutes per game. But at some point, like he's he's a rookie. He's not going to be this awesome every single game. And so I just right. I, I think you have the Thunder have other options. When Dre comes back, obviously he's going to take a bulk of the minutes. I just don't think the minutes will be there. Okay, next one. The Thunder will be a top ten defense by the time Robertson returns. They are currently eighteenth. By the time he returns, oh boy, I think that's chicken something else. Oh, okay. All right. I think they'll be better, but I just don't think that I, I haven't seen anything from last year or this year that tells me that they can be a top 10 defense without him. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Last one. The thunder will set a franchise record for pace this year. So they are currently at one Oh five in uh Westbrook's MVP season. They were at a 98. So they're having seven possessions more per game. And as reference, Oscar Robertson's triple double year, 125 <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy uh i think that's chicken salad man i think the league itself is gonna be just a lot higher than it has been the past few years i think they're at like 102 overall uh, i think yeah. that'll fall some but i think that it'll be higher than last year and i think most teams will play and the thunder have been talking about that like they want to play with more pace and so yeah i think that'll be that's chicken salad all right, so that concludes the first installment of Chicken Salad or Chicken Something Else. Now, Andrew, do we have time for this week in Thunder history? Let's do it quickly, yes. Okay, so this comes to us Saturday, October 24th, 2009. Jenny Carlson interviews Rumble the Bison. Mm. Now, setting this interview <laughs> up, <laughs> setting this interview up, this interview was presented as like uh you gotta take this at face value like th- i'm talking to a real bison okay <laughs> so this they, they were not interviewing in other words like a guy in a suit okay they were interviewing the bison himself okay oh, i want to no. tell you about some of his answers this is not okay but keep going so, so one of her first questions was you were the nba mascot of the year last year is there any pressure being the reigning champ this is how rumble a bison please remember the most <laughs> fun and interesting about interesting thing about this new franchise in oklahoma city because it's 2009 this is how he starts off his answer well first of all i think it was a reflection of not only our organization but our community <laughs> listen Gosh. listen to this bison andrew is there a greater example of how the thunder forced their boredom upon every aspect of their franchise <laughs> than their giant seven foot tall bison talking about the organization and community. Oh my gosh. She then asks him whether he is seeing anyone. Okay. Trying to be a little playful rumble responds. You know, a lot of women at games and at appearances have come up to me, but I really don't have much time to spend dating or hanging out with people. It's all work right now. He's the most boring guy in the world. He's wow. just this workaholic bison. He, he doesn't spend any time out having fun. All these women coming up to him, he's just turning them down. No, I got to practice my drumming. It's also like, a weird oh. second question. Well, that, that, that wasn't the second question. Oh, okay. That does sound like she was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, okay. But, th- but then they finally add a little bit of personality 
into Rumble, but listen to the personality that comes out, Andrew. It's very disturbing. Okay. Jenny asks Rumble about some community outreach events that Rumble has been doing. And Rumble talks about stopping by Big Truck Tacos and giving out free Thunder Burritos. He says, and I quote, they have a burrito named in honor of the Thunder team. It's bison meat in the burrito. Now, Jenny, she follows up with a great question. Are you okay with that? And listen to what Rumble says. He says, I am okay with that. I see it that the more people that eat bison, the less competition I have. Oh, my God. He's a psychopath, Andrew. He wants to kill the other bison, his own species. He's serving out burrito with his brothers, his sisters wrapped up in burritos. (laughs) Stay away from Rumble. Stay away. Do not let your children go near Rumble. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so good. That's a great note to end on. Thanks for listening to Down to Dunk. You got to follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Please take some time to leave us a five star iTunes review. If you are a listener week in, week out, I know there's a lot of you that haven't done that yet. We really appreciate it. it takes just a few seconds of your time, especially if you have an iPhone. It's really easy. Uh, I have a radio show Thursday nights at 105.3 here in Oklahoma City. It'll be from 6 to 8. Even though the game is starting, Fred Katz will be on that night. It'll be a fun show, so you can listen if you're maybe in your car. I'll also send out a link uh, through my Twitter account where you can listen online. Uh, so we will we'll still have that show that night, so you can listen to that pregame. If you're going to the game, I'll be talking uh, a lot of pregame stuff for Thunder Celtics, so please listen into that. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again Friday morning.